With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in. You're listening to The B-List on a Saturday. The gang is here from the Sun Journal as well. Will Kramlick, Randy Whitehouse, and Justin Pelletier. We, we have created one of the longest group phone conversations in the history of time for this one this morning. Gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever we're recording this. Hello, how are you guys doing? Will, how's well. uh, first off, Will, how's fatherhood treating you? Uh, it's, it's going well. It's, it's madness, but it's going well. How much sleep are you actually getting? Any? Uh, yeah, she. Uh, I'd probably say you know between five and seven hours a night. You know, broken up, but you know, total five to seven. That's awesome, Justin. Um, yeah. did you did you give him any life advice, or did you just want to see the baptism by fire for him when this happened? <laughs> uh, I, I can't give him any advice. He's only got one. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So basically, you can give him all sorts of advice and just cut that advice in half. That would help. Right, exactly. Randy, did you try to help him at all? Right. Uh, the, the best thing I think we all can do for him is buying beer when we have the opportunity. I think that's the fairest way to go. Guys, there was a lot. That's that's a really good point. There's been a lot of... Uh, there's a, We've actually had a stretch of decent weather this week, and uh, we're able to get baseball and softball playoffs in. Uh, Oxford Hills fell to Skowhegan. Uh, a lot of the local teams fell a little bit early. Not surprising for the spring season. I think the spring season's sort of hectic, and you never it, it's, it really is a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get in the spring tournaments. Yet here we are, Falmouth and Bangor are going to square off again. Uh, we got a lot of rematches, it, it seems like. What, what, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I just, uh, I mean, you, both sides, like baseball and softball, you see uh, yeah, a lot of the same teams. And a lot of it has to do with you know, those programs. Those programs uh, you know, produce good players every year. Uh, those players have, have made it to the, the, that far into the playoffs and know how to win, and, and obviously a, a good coaching has a lot to do with it. So, you know, when, when it gets to those, those key games and those, those, you know, regional finals, semifinals, those teams just kind of know how to how to win and you know, make the plays when they need to. And it's weird. And a lot of times, even when you don't have the rematches, you have teams that were, you know, maybe one step away last year, like a Lisbon baseball, someone like that that was so close last year, and had a lot of talent coming back and got an idea of what it was what it took to uh, to go that extra step this year and now they're here. Well, you know, that that Lisbon squad is really interesting to me because of course they had the you know, they had the wide world of sports football season, you know, the thr- <laughs> the thrill of victory and agony of defeat in back to back weeks. And uh, they had to you know, they were tied up with Monmouth in the in the bottom of the six on, on Wednesday night. And then exploded for seven runs at the bottom of the six to move on. They really took the drama out of that with that win. Yeah, they did, and you know, I, I, it seemed like it was just a matter of time before, you know, they would get a big inning out of out of all those mistakes that that Monmouth was making. Uh, you know, they would they would get a run here or there, a couple runs here or there, uh, but once once they uh, saw an opening there, I mean, they got they got the Potent enough lineup to, to take advantage of those type of situations, and I mean it was just the slightest opening that uh, that Monmouth gave them there in that sixth inning, and 
once they did, Lisbon just uh, went off like like they told me after the game. Something about uh, hitting with two outs, they 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 seem to thrive in that situation as opposed to you know getting something started right away. They they kind of wait until the backs against the wall a little bit, and then they really get going. You know, you make it a. Re- funny, it was funny, guys. I was watching, uh, of course, uh, from home base at the at the SJ, watching uh, the, the Twitter feed from that game, and uh, I made a comment at one point. You know, it was, I think it was five two, and uh, Coach Ridley took the starting pitcher out ostensibly to save him for a possible appearance on Saturday. And I said, "Geez, just don't look a gift horse in the mouth here. I, I think you're going to keep the pedal to the metal." And at first, you know. It seemed like that was going to be the case when they when they dropped those next three runs to go to, to get a tied five five. But you know, <laughs> credit to, to Randy, uh, Coach Ridley, he uh, he certainly pulled the right string at the right time on that one because now they're going to have their full complement available on Saturday. Which is which is huge. That's a big deal. Now, Will, you were another game I wanted to talk about. Will was at this one um, before uh, be- before public access TV had to had to make room for themselves in the booth. Um, it was the it was the Freiburg game uh, the other night. Um, what a comeback there! Uh, Freiburg uh, beats Wells six to five after scoring four runs in the in, in the inning uh, to to win that one and win Class B South for softball. That was quite a thing, and uh, it was funny. I thought that there that was all going to get short circuited because a girl got thrown out at third, and that was that was looked like at the time the tying run. Yeah, and just uh, it's been talking to you know Freiburg coach Fred Apt after the uh, the game. He said. Uh, when that happened, he was he, he was kicking himself and thought he might have cost his team the game. But uh, you know the, the middle and bottom of that of that Freiburg order, you know, continued you know putting singles up, and they're all you know right up the middle. So they're legitimate singles against Wells pitcher Anya Chase, who uh, you know was, was no hitting them through three, and after a bad fourth, no hitting them through the the fifth and the sixth. But uh, those Freiburg bats just figured something out, and did uh, they believe? They all said they believed that they could do it. You know. No, it, it was it was an amazing thing too, and it, it's it's cool to see kids do that. Like, basically, go up there with with no stress or no anything, and just and keep trucking on it, or make it look like it's that effortless. But man, they were just lining singles right back up the middle every time. So it was uh, it was quite a thing. Uh, it, it was quite an event to be a part of the other night with that with that comeback, and that's a, that's a community too that. I think sometimes in Class B they struggle to, to stick with the Southern schools, so I, I bet it was probably nice for them to, to get past Wells because it seems like Wells usually wins everything no matter what class they're in, in in the sports. They always end up there somehow, whether it's girls or boys. They end up near the semifinals or finals in the regionals, so it's uh, it, kind of nice to watch uh, Freiburg come out on top. Of course, they will play on Saturday. Uh, who's, uh, who's Freiburg playing uh, Class B North on Saturday? Uh, Old Town, Old, Old Town, the Oceanside, one nothing. Nate Innings in, in the Northern Regional. Old Town's another one of those teams that seems, you know, when you were talking about programs earlier, well, Old Town's one of those teams that seems to have that happen. Old Town, and you know, Randy and I talked about Lisbon as well. Like those teams this year, Old Old Town's basketball team and their baseball team and everybody else, they've been they've been kind of right near the top uh, for the last couple of years in everything. Uh, sometimes you just get these classes of athletes that that do a really good job for their three or four years and, and get together and do things. So. Old Town's becoming one of those up in the north, and uh, you're starting to also see it, I think, a little bit with Oxford Hills in, in the softball squad. Which one of you guys went to the game uh, against Skowhegan? Uh, that that was me. That was that was me yesterday up at uh, up at Coney. They were, you know, every time somebody plays Skowhegan, Skowhegan's kind of like the Yukon Huskies uh, women basketball team. Some people say they're not that great for the sport, but man, that's a really good program they've got up there. But Oxford Hills hung with them till the very end. Yeah, and you know. Everyone I talked to, I talked to you know Skowhegan coach Lee Johnson. I talked to Oxford Hills coach 
uh, Cindy Goddard. I talked to Cohegan star junior pitcher uh, Ashley Allward, and they all used the word battle, that the game was a battle. And it was funny because they battled each other, but they also battled, you know, the ball because the ball, you know, was, was bouncing hard on the field, and, uh, you know, it was hard to get just a glove on it sometimes. And, and I think it was in both teams' heads, but Allward such a star pitcher that I think that was a deciding factor in the game. We are talking with Will Kramlick, Justin Pelletier, and Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal. It's the B-List on a Saturday. We'll take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to Sports Time 780, SportsTime780.com. Welcome back. Segment number two of the B-List, Randy Whitehouse, Justin Pelletier, Will Kramlick are in from the Sun Journal. Guys, um, I'm sure you all got the press release. I'm sure Justin knew about this before anybody because he's the hockey guy. Uh, the ECHL is, is announced that they're going to be coming to Portland in 2018. Justin, do you have any insider details on this that the folks out there should know about or anything? I don't know about insider details per se, but uh, this has been a long rumor, of course. Um, there was a group of three or four folks that were uh, stepping up to the plate and saying, yeah, we'll you know, kind of work to bring a team here, and it kind of got went up down to to two or three, um, and then uh, to two, and then finally, it just really, I mean, it was, it was hard to, to, to uh, for anybody else other than Comcast Spectacor, which will own and operate this team, to, to do anything else. They just have, you know, the, the money and the power and the, and the ability to do it. And so um, you kind of let them let, let them run the show. Um, Comcast Spectacor uh, owns the Philadelphia Flyers of the National Hockey League, and uh they actually were the, the company that brought the Mariners to the Cumberland County Civic Center in the 1970s to begin with. So it's kind of full circle on, on that realm. Uh, this is ECHL, though, of course, not AHL, but uh, still kind of that same full circle feel. And uh, the only uh, kind of fun note about the, the team so far um, is Paul Holmgren, um, who is uh, running the Philadelphia Flyers, will be the team's governor and former NHL star Danny Briere will be the day-to-day operations guy for this ECHL club. So we'll be seeing Danny Briere in Portland quite often uh, for the business side of things. As far as the hockey is concerned, ECHL has come a long way in the past 22 years or so, that it's, or 32 years rather, that it's been in existence. And it's solid hockey. Uh, now it's, it's uh, basically double-A. So the baseball equivalent is you've got the Sea Dogs in Portland. That's double-A. You're going to have this uh, yet-to-be-named team in Portland, and that will be double-A for a hockey team as well. That affiliate also not announced, because Philly already has an affiliate, so they're, they're shopping for an NHL affiliate as well. That's interesting. That's a that's an interesting. I remember when uh, when the Red Claws started, they had that affiliation where they originally started with the uh, with the Bobcats and the Celtics. So right. is this something too with the ECHL? Sometimes where they'll combo up on teams a little bit. I know some AHL squads have done that in the past, but it's not a, a common thing. But I wasn't no, sure if they're uh, trying to remake. But in the ECHL right now, they the, last year there were twenty seven teams. Next year there will be twenty eight. Um, assuming they don't make another uh, addition, uh, Portland will be number twenty nine. Um, I know they want to get to a one-to-one so that every team has its own AHL, which they have, and its own ECHL, which they're now going to be, in two years, they'll be one away. So they're close to that. Um, so it's just going to be a matter of, of uh, who needs one um, um, and, and what the time frame is on that. Uh, Vegas coming in actually makes a 31 NHL team, so now there's going to be two more teams in need of a, of a direct Affiliate Vegas announcing they're going to be partnered with the ECHL's Quad City Mallards um, on the ECHL level uh, last week. So uh, it's just a matter of, of who's going to need one. But ultimately, their goal is to make it a one-to-one-to-one ratio, NHL, ECHL, ECHL. 
Well, that, ma that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's that's to me, that's that's what they should be doing. All right, R Randy, uh, Will, where are you guys headed to uh, this weekend? Do you even know yet which, where you're headed to this weekend? I'm heading up to Bangor to cover uh, Lisbon Orono Class C baseball championship. Okay, you get to you get to follow Lisbon the whole way through, huh? Yep, looking forward to it. Should be fun, and uh, some local ties on the uh, on the Orono side. Jackson Coots is probably the best pitcher and. Uh, Son of uh, Mike Coots, uh, Auburn native, Edward Little Star, and uh, current UMaine softball coach. Ah, yes, of course. Uh, everybody knows that name. Um, now, uh, Will, where are you headed up to this weekend? Uh, I will be at St. Joe's uh, on Saturday doing the the Class B softball between Freiburg and Old Town, and then after that, the Class B baseball between Yarmouth and, and Old Town. Nice. Now, have you figured out like? Do you have any cell phone signal there at all, or is yours as sketchy as mine? I'm just, I'm curious. Uh, it, it wasn't bad. I had to kind of move my phone a little bit here or there, left or right, up or down, to get a little bit better signal, but uh, it really wasn't the worst uh, signal in the world. You know, it's so funny. I was, uh, I, I got connected to the Wi-Fi over there, so I could figure that out. That wasn't all that great. And then the signal was very, really funny. Like, I've tried different phones throughout the years in different companies, and every one of them has, like, this weird thing where it just, it's not a stable connection. It goes from one to the other. So it, it's funny seeing people that are technology-challenged uh, technology, uh, try, to, try to get things out in terms of video or anything like that over there because it can be a real challenge because you get about halfway through and it's like, oh, I'm sorry, you've lost your connection. And you're like, no. So, yeah, that, those sorts of things happen. Uh, also, I believe uh, New England Fights comes to the Coliseum this weekend, correct? That is correct. Uh, Tony, Tony Blasi will be our man on the scene uh, at New England Fights uh, uh, at 7 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, Tony has uh, graciously uh, decided to, to help us out. He, of course, now our sports editor for the Livermore Falls Advertiser and uh, Franklin Journal Papers, which uh, is under the Sun Media umbrella. Um, he was the desk editor for us at the Sun Journal for many years, and he's going to reprise his role for a night and uh, go check out the, the fights. This, I believe it's 21, last I checked, maybe. Uh, fights is a lot uh, of fights on the card this week. So uh, New England Fights putting on a, bo a mixed boxing and MMA show. So it should be a pretty, a pretty good one. Sounds like it. Sounds like it would be. You gonna have any coverage of lacrosse or anything like that? I know there's a lot of high school stuff that wraps up this weekend. Yeah, uh, between uh, our affiliates in Bangor, uh, at the Times Record, and us, we will be covering all 12 state championship games I mean, in some way, shape, or form uh, on Saturday, as well as the MMA fights. So, um, between like I said, between Bangor, our staff, and the Times Record, all 12 games will be in the Sun Journal on Sunday morning. That's fantastic. Uh, talking with uh, Justin Pelletier, Will Kramlick, and Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal. Uh, guys, thank you very much. Oh, uh, by the way, Randy, before I let you go, Randy, I love to talk Celtics with Randy. Um, the latest rumor, Randy, is that Gordon Hayward doesn't want to play for the Celtics if Isaiah Thomas is here because he's afraid he's going to have to watch Isaiah Thomas dribble the ball a lot. Is that? I, I feel like I shouldn't believe any of this at this point. There's so much crap being swung around right now. It's... <laughs> Well, you're best off just kind of ignoring it. Okay. Because 99% of it is just just totally meaningless. And I hope especially the Blake Griffin to the Celtic rumors. I don't, I don't want anything to do with them. <laughs> That's good. That's funny. See, you, I don't know. I, I don't know what I want anymore. I, I know I want to <laughs> compete. I, I, I just I, I feel like I'm going to trust Danny the way I trust Belichick and, and just see what happens. I, I think... Yeah. 
the worst that could possibly happen is they have to do this all over again, and it's kind of fun to watch them rebuild. You know? Yeah, it's a good way to go, I think. I, I'm right there with you. A lot of people ask me why I even watch the NBA, and I tell them, I'm like, I'm just, the stuff on the court is what causes the stuff off the court, and that's why I'm super excited about the NBA. That's why I'm more interested in the NBA than I've ever been. Because of the way it forces teams to build now. It's not the stuff on the court. Like, the product on the court is trash because the referees are, are awful and inconsistent. And the players are, you know, they don't really play the game. You never know how they're playing the game. And there's some cool stuff that you see. But to me, the the stuff that happens on the court and how it leads to things off the court really creates its own sort of melodrama. It reminds me a little bit of WWE in that regard. So, but and, and Yeah, especially when there's gambling deaths between players involved and, and- Guys fighting over women and stuff. That really makes it fun. That's, that is 100% true. Uh, guys, thank you very much. Sun Journal uh, joined us today for the B-List. Thank you very much. Thanks, Matt. You're welcome. Thank Thanks you. And uh, again, to get subscribed to them, digital subscription options available, go to sunjournal.com. We'll have more on the way. You listen to the B-List. It's the B-List on a Saturday. If you missed Randy, Justin, and Will from the Sun Journal, they join me in the first two segments. Of course, you can download this whole show in its entirety. Just go to sportstime780.com and click local. Stevie joins me now, back in his normal time slot. Same bad time, same bad channel. So I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to ask a poll question. I don't want to hot take this too much, but it's a really simple poll question. If you are a Red Sox fan, which neither one of us is, mercifully, and you have to. You have two choices. You have two choices of who can who can face a, a right-handed pitcher. Your choices are Pablo Sandoval or Chris Sale. Who do you want at the plate right now? In what planet? On what? In on what solar system? Is your best pitcher the option? I am blown away at the fact that the Red Sox are willing to take the risk. To put a guy like Sale out there, eight. I mean, how many times do you see, especially in the major league level, a guy who's pitched the majority of his career in the American League, you know, he goes, they're playing an interleague game, and the coach will say, hey, go up and don't even swing the bat. It was amazing. Don't even swing it. Stevie, it was amazing, you know, and, and it's so bad. I mean, these two and two series for the American League and National League series really drive me nuts anyways, because your first two games are at home, and then they flip the next two games on the road. So halfway through the series... And they, they almost treat it like the World Series. They switched the rules. So if Chris Sale had pitched in the first two games of this series, he would have had a DH, and that's fine. But here's the scary part. Last night, the Red Sox offense was so freaking bad that Sale keeps pitching through the eighth inning, and instead of getting pinch hit for, like would normally happen in that situation, one, he doesn't have a single run behind him for support, so Farrell leaves him in. Second, he gets to third base, and he gets stranded by your two, three, Stuck and there. four. Stuck this guy has done everything. He hit a double. And I, I tweeted last night, and, and you had mentioned it. I tweeted, I said, you know, you should have hit a homer. Like, yeah. you, you you know what they say? If you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Like, what what else does Chris Sale need to do at this point? It's un- It really is unbelievable to think about the fact that uh, a lot of people, have, you know, the, the expectations were high of the Red Sox. And you, you take a look at where they are right now. And by my estimation, I think they're ahead of where they really should be in terms of... I think they've gotten lucky. I think their record shows that they're a better team than they actually are. And so it says a lot that they're in a tight game like that and they're willing to, to risk that much on the line for Chris Sale. You know, they put, they're they thinking, oh, okay, let's let's hope he gets on base. Right. Oh, look, he got the second. He got the scoring position. Oh, now he's in third. We got the heart coming up. 
and then just three duck farts. I mean, that's just <laughs> awful. Awful. Just, and those are supposed to be your three best hitters. Yeah. Those are the ones that you want to get the the most uh, plate appearances. Th- those are the ones. So I'm just, I, I'm full. I just, I feel bad for Chris Sale. Like Chris Sale's thinking to himself, you know, I'm leaving Chicago. I don't have to wear those stupid throwbacks anymore. Okay. Mm. He's all pumped about mm. that. And I'm going to go to this great team with a good offense. For all the talent that is on this Red Sox team offensively, they are amazingly, amazingly inconsistent. Playing half of their games in a field that is designed to score a lot of runs. I mean, this this is a pitcher's dream. He's thinking, heck yeah, give me five, six runs a game. I'm gonna I mean, he hasn't got any run support this year. All I mean, consistently he's struggled to get any sort of run support. And I and I wonder how much the illusion of years prior infected his vision of the future, it's, it's a different team. It's, it's, it, and, and I am strongly of the belief that this team is going to continue changing as we go through this season. I think, I think Top you're right. down. You know, it's so funny when I look at, I think you're right on that too. As I'm looking here at Nick Pavetta last night, Pavetta was pitching against the Sea Dogs last year as a member of Harrisburg. This year he's 1-3 with a 4.46 ERA, which of course is way lower now after last night's quality start because he went seven shutout innings. Seven shutout innings. Against Chris Sale. He matched him. A year out of double A. Correct. We'll give credit to the pitcher. Yeah. But, you know, we, we can also discredit the Red Sox offense. I mean, th- that you can't tell me they didn't get, you know, a dozen or so pitches that he left out over the plate somewhere that they could drive. And they're just, they're not capitalizing on the opportunities that they have. The limited, the limited capitalization that they have has got them to a second place. They're a couple of games behind the Yankees. Um, but by my estimation, just on the eyeball test, you've got when you compare Yankees, Red Sox, those top two teams in the AL East, there's a pretty big difference between those two clubs. There really, there really seems to be. Although if the Yankees continue to get hurt, there's not going to be much of a difference uh, between that. Gary Sanchez uh, left the game last night with hamstring tightness, which is tremendous considering he is uh, just now finding a stroke. And they've lost three in a row out on the West Coast. Those West Coast trips are never good for anybody. But when you're facing teams like Oakland and you're facing teams like uh, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, who are without Mike Trout, you can't lose three in a row on the road. I don't care who's on the mound. I don't care what's happening. That's a that's a, a poor performance on the road for this Yankee squad. And hopefully they can use it as a learning experience and, and still rebound. But my goodness, at the very least, you got to steal one of those games. You know, so right. that you're 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 really you're only even losing it up. a half. Yeah. But but the deal is, you look at how long it took Sanchez to get back in a stride after he comes back from the injury at the start of the year. Just starts to hit his stride, and now he's got a wonky hamstring. I think a big thing with some of these younger guys is take a little extra time and let them get rehabbed fully. We all remember the year, the back half of the year that Sanchez had last year. We want that same production moving forward. That that directly implores that he be at 100%. We cannot get him back at 85-90% and expect that we're going to get the same production out of him. Take the time to heal up now. Hamstring's a wonky injury for a catcher. Uh, so he, he needs, a lot of times it's a hydration issue. They're flying. It's a little bit warmer out west. So there's a lot of different factors. Um, but get him right before we get him back. Yeah, don't do the – this is what drives me nuts about baseball is I don't think there's enough roster spots. And if a guy's day-to-day, you've basically just chopped your bench off. And if a guy's day-to-day and he can't play, well, you've got no extra player. And he can't really go on – if he goes on the DL, you know, it's a a 7-day to 15-day window. It's just – I think there are are ways that – things that need to be done to to open that up a little bit uh, 
in in vicinities like that so they can maybe they got a three or four day dl so they can de- you know a temporary dl you know i don't where they can open up a roster spot and right. swing a guy for up a couple of days. You, you right. don't need him on a two week bender because right. then he can be with the team because that's the issue. These guys go away for two weeks, then they do have to rehab, then they do have to go to Trenton. So, talking with Stevie and it's Maddie and Steve on the B list. We got one more segment on the way. Sports Time 780 and sportstime780.com. Just click local. It's powered by MBR.org. Fourth and final segment of the B list for a Saturday. Randy Whitehouse, Justin Pelletier, Will Kramlick from the Sun Journal joined us in the first two segments. Broke down the high school uh, baseball and softball playoffs. And we also talked about NEF Stars and Stripes. That is happening tonight at the Coliseum in Lewiston, the Andrew Chicago Bank Coliseum in Lewiston. Get tickets. Go to the Coliseum.com. That's the Coliseum.com. Maddie and Steve hanging out with you here. We just get to talk about the Red Sox and, and a little bit of what ailed them. And kind of feeling bad a little bit for... For Chris Sale, kind of felt bad for him. But then a I realized little bit. a not little too bit, much. not too much, not too much. Um, that Travis Shaw trade worked out really well for them. It seemed to have gone really well. This Thornburg kid looks like it's going to be thoracic outlet syndrome. I remember yeah. when um, the first time I had ever heard of this, and for folks that are just catching up, the guy that uh, that Dave Dombrowski traded Travis Shaw for. By the way, Travis Shaw's on pace to hit 27 home runs this year. Um, I'm sure the Red Sox could not use that at third base at all. None. Not, not at all. I mean, Pablo Sandoval is holding his own over there. It's okay. Holding his own wide. I'm not really sure. But um, they traded him for Tyler Thornburg, and, and Thornburg's hurt and isn't going to pitch this year. Uh, thoracic outlet syndrome. Uh, I remember Maine native Mark Rogers had this uh, in his career a few years ago, and then Matt Harvey for the Mets was the next one. Who I think I remember this. What? What is this? Is this new? Is this something that has been happening to pitchers for years and they just now figured it out? What yeah, so What is this? So the thoracic outlet is an actual um, anatomical structure that we have. It's right around the first rib, and it deals with a lot of overhead motion. When we move our shoulders, uh, the collarbone on the front side of our chest also moves when we move our shoulder. So it, there's, a, there's a lot of different muscles Uh, ligaments and bony structures around that structure called the thoracic outlet. When there's too much compression and overhead use, what you'll get is a a nerve, an artery, and a vein can get compressed and they can get completely shut down. When you have a a series of symptoms that present themselves, numbness and tingling, there can be a change in in the palpation of a heart rate in a guy's arm, depending on different positions that you put them in, say a flexed cervical, uh, flexed neck, um, and that, and that indication is that there is thoracic outlet syndrome, and then you would need to alleviate that compression. Nine out of ten times, if these guys end up going to surgery, what they do is they go in and remove the first rib, which is the, the most problematic. The first rib is a very difficult structure for us to get to because it's protected by that same clavicle, that collarbone that I talked about before. So in there is a bunch of different pointy, yucky structures uh, I think what you're seeing, Maddie, in terms of why are we seeing it more, we're diagnosing it better, we understand it a little bit better. This was probably 10 years ago a rotator cuff strain. Okay. Ah. And so now what you're seeing is just a better differential diagnosis in a rotator cuff strain. What you're going to have is rest, you know, sort of some generalized exercises. The same elements are going to help thoracic outlet syndrome. Now we've got better imaging to really in- to take a look at that thoracic outlet and determine whether or not there's too much compression in there. Complicated answer, but a great question. Well, one that I needed to know because yeah. it, it just, you know, it, it sounds like it, it's, you know, you, you can't tell. Is it life-threatening or is it, you know, anything like that? So you like to ask. And then from there, what happens to that? Like what ha- at what 
Hopefully, Matt Harvey doesn't look perfect. Uh, Mark Rogers' take, career well, didn't come back on afterwards. How many of these guys? Yeah. And, and Tommy John was the exception. How many of these guys go under the knife, get some sort of surgical intervention, and then come back better? You know, the fact of the matter is you, you go in and you cut through the skin. You're changing anatomical structures. You're changing the way that the body works. Uh, some guys have come back from TOS, thoracic outlet syndrome. That's what we'll call it, shorthanded. Um, some guys have come back from that and done okay with it. But, you know, you're, you're dealing with... Forces in the arm that are occurring during a game that you cannot replicate outside of the game. There is one exception to that. And what's becoming a little bit more popular now is long toss. So corner to corner in the outfield. And the idea is that if I try to throw a ball as far as I can, that I am then replicating the energy and effort that it takes for me to throw the best fastball that I can in a 3-2 count. Guys will throw bullpens all the time and they just can't get the same goose on that fastball that they do when they're in the game they just don't have that sort of juice flowing so it's really really tough to replicate it that's why you'll see these guys will come back and throw you know game situations and bullpen after bullpen and he flew on flat ground and he's doing better and four pitches into the game he grabs onto his shoulder and he's hurting because he wasn't able to replicate that same speed so when these guys are coming back, I mean, we, we always get concerned with rehab and usually like, oh, it'll be fine. He'll go into rehab and he'll come back. So the biggest issue with a lot of these rehabs, especially for baseball, is just getting that stress in on it. So when a guy does come in, like a Greg Bird, for example, seemed like everything was going OK with him. He was playing in games. All of a sudden he's still hurting. He gets shut down in his rehab thing. So as they push it, they're starting to realize either how serious it is yeah. or how much more rest they're going to need to get. It's well. It's 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 a it's something that I run into a lot of times in terms of okay. Well, you know, um, I hurt my. Let's say I hurt my shoulder throwing a baseball. Okay, well, come into my facility and let's do a bunch of exercises and we'll work it really hard. Well, wait a second. The the, the element here is that too much work is causing the issue. Right. How is more targeted work really going to help it in that regard? We we want to back off and rest. Uh, try to get a little bit more simpler with how we're approaching some of these issues. Not over manage it. You got a medical doctor. You got an. You got a orthopedic physician you got a physical therapist you got a all these people involved too many indians not enough chiefs all right next question speaking of injuries came out this week that blake griffin basically even though blake griffin was the unnamed player he was very impressed at how celtics fans treated paul pierce and it seems as though the the celtics are interested in hayward or griffin i don't know what their order is i'm not an insider and nobody's gonna tell you the truth right now anyway blake griffin has an injury history of leg injuries, things of that nature. But he is a once-in-a-lifetime big man at 28 years old. About a year younger, two years younger than Al Horford. Is going to want a max contract. Averages five assists a game for a big man, so I think he fits the the model and everything very well. The Phoenix Suns have done a really good job on their team, and the reason I talk about Phoenix is they've got guys like Tyson Chandler and guys like that who are always injury-prone, yep. and they've managed to keep them healthy with different yep. things. I feel like the Celtics would probably do that same thing if they're going to invest a bunch of money into Blake Griffin. It's not possible to make a guy perfectly injury-prone, but what do you do to a guy like him? What do you do to a guy like Bradley? Do you look at what they're doing training-wise and, and switch that up? Do you go to more flexibility? Take or do you just have him go hang out with Tom Brady? How take, does it take, work? Take a good look at their training and stop trying to play him 40 minutes a game. You know what I mean? Use them appropriately, especially these big guys. Uh, Stevens is a guy... One of the interesting aspects about Blake Griffin... Uh, you know, sniffing around uh, the parquet floor is the fact that Stevens would use him appropriately. I don't know that he's been used to his maximum effectiveness by Doc Rivers. And so 
you take has anybody ever really been used to their maximum by doctor, by doctor versus, no answer no no we don't need to debate that one no no no, no. we, we already knows. know the answer yeah those yeah. are our hot takes there so uh <laughs> you know and griffin is a, he is a, he's a talented talented guy He's 28. He's young. We talked a lot about uh, LeBron and how his mileage over time uh, has added up. I think the mileage might not be the same for Blake Griffin. His size, though. He's 6'11". He's a big guy. That's a lot of mass. And it turns out that you know all of his structures are designed the same way that yours and mine are. So they're still subject to repetitive strain and repetitive stress. Um, Especially with the explosiveness that he plays yeah, at. Yeah, I mean, that guy gets up above the rim. So to that extent, can you use him effectively and can you get three or four really good years out of him? Can you get him until he's 32? And that's right in that sweet spot of where these Celtics can grow. Right. And that's really the, the big key. Like I'm, I look at Hayward and I'm like, you know, Gordon Hayward would definitely be an upgrade over Jay Crowder. Yep. He could shoot. But then I realize and I go back to what the real problem was. You've got, you've got two issues here. You have to have a team that can beat Cleveland, i.e. you have to be able to out-rebound them and outwork them on the glass, and you have to be able to slow down Kyrie or LeBron, one or the other. One of them's going to get theirs, but as long as you can slow the other one down and keep Love and Thompson off the glass, you have a chance against Cleveland. But the problem is that that same style of play that you have to use to play Cleveland does not work when you're playing Golden State because they're going to go small ball and they're just going to run you to death. So you can build your team to face Golden State, but you got to get through Cleveland, which is going to be too small to do it. And or you can build your team to face Cleveland and get to the NBA Finals. But then how do you match up with Golden State? Oh, Look, credit goes to in my mind. Jerry West gets a lot of credit for what he's pulled off and and force teams to really think about how they will be played not so much of how their what their identity is going to be moving forward but how can we be defended durant added an element to that golden state warriors team that made them supremely difficult to defend on a black and white issue but certainly difficult to defend when you're comparing them to another team you know a team and say the, the the semis or as you're coming through the conference finals it's really tough to make that adjustment, and you that is a fantastic point. You're talking about two completely different teams, right? And that's what we saw in the finals. A Cleveland would have benefited from a, from a much slower game. Yes. Golden State wanted to run up and down the floor. Mm-hmm. Boy, those are polar opposites in terms of offensive philosophies. Well, and that's kind of the way I looked at it, too, because that's what makes it... Somebody asked me the other day, they're like, why are you even interested in the NBA? Like, the like the the uh, the officiating is, is brutal, and you never know what's going to happen, and this and that. I'm like, yeah, but here's the thing. Whatever happens on the court leads directly to drama off it. Yeah. And I think it's more so in that sport than any of the other ones, and that's what makes it fascinating. The team building and everything else, to me, the NBA is as much as a 24-hour-a-year league as the NFL is, yeah. as much as the NFL gets talked about. Because a lot of the stuff that happens on the field in the NFL, it happens in a, in a three- or four-month span, whereas in the NBA it happens over a six- or seven-month span. So there's a more of a, a timeline or a, a driving of the narrative yep. and having it spill over in, into the offseason and the way franchises shape their futures. There's no question. And, and, I, and a lot of times I, I think the model has been set by the NFL right. to, to stay on the top of mind awareness. Uh-huh. And, 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 and you can give credit to the NBA for following suit. They jumped right. in and said, okay, well, look, Goodell has come out and they have Goodell, Tagliabue, even Roselle before them. They made, they made it such a concerted effort to force you to deal with football in every month mm-hmm. of the calendar. Yep. And even 
scheduling press releases at the same time of, of yeah. big things and th- things of that nature. So the NBA with their offseason and everything else right now, the draft is less than a week away. And next week at this time, we're going to know the future somewhat of the Boston Celtics. And we'll talk about that next week. Stevie, thank you. Thank you, Matty. Thank you, Randy, Justin, Will from the Sun Journal. Hopefully I'll see, get to see all you guys tonight out at the Colisee for NEF Stars and Stripes. It's Matty B on Sports Time 780, sportstime780.com. For Steve, I'm Matty. This has been The B-List. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.